Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. You're listening to Second Wind, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure, discover the tools to stop playing small, and tap into the courage required to enjoy their second wind. So I think this time of the day is really important for reflection. Most of us are going through some sort of turmoil in our life, or we may be facing some changes. So I want, I've created something called the Second Wind Toolkit. And the thing that we're going to talk about is when you have those times in your life, when you have concerns, you have doubts, you have fears, and it's something that's really causing you an issue in your life. Maybe it's making a decision. Maybe it's replaying an experience you had with a friend or with a family member or something of that sort. Well, the thing that I'm going to suggest to you is once you do have an issue like this, then you also have to deal with not over the the thought of the issue, But you also have to deal with the emotions wrapped around that issue. What is it? Is it fear? Is it doubt? What is the questioning and what are the possibilities that you could have around this? Well, here's the tip. The tip is to start writing. Yes, you want to get that issue out of your body. You want to get it out of your body and out of your brain, because you will spend endless hours addressing the doubts, the fears, and both of those and every other emotion that you might have will keep you absolutely stuck. You will be rigid with, what action do I do? What do I do next? So once you get that out of your body and you can start feeling the emotion, recognizing what it is, identifying what it is, then the next thing is to challenge it by putting it on a piece of paper. Write it. Get you a journal. Make it your own. It could be a daily journal where you write about trivia stuff as well as the heavy stuff, or can just be whenever you need a friend to talk to, and that friend would be that notebook. When you get those out, then you have the possibilities of seeing them for what they really are. Simply endless mind, monkey mind thoughts. So it's when you can confront your thoughts that you get clarity around the issue and you can better think of it. Yesterday, I have a beautiful example for you. I was trying to, yes, do the end of the year 
financials. And because this is a challenge for me, it's numbers, not my favorite thing, I was stressing beyond myself. Well, instead of going to my right issue, I went to a friend instead, which is the same process, but a little different. Once the clarification was that I was really stressing over and building in it to a bigger issue, then I came back to my computer and went immediately to the form that I needed to fill out. It's amazing how our brains can keep us so paralyzed, paralyzed into no activity at all. So I really encourage you to put this into your toolkit, the toolkit of writing daily or when needed, getting really out, discussing the problem, then talking about the emotions, and then discussing also what are the options, what are my possibilities, is it really true that I can't do this? Then see your life change, and you conquer the issue. So, glad you were here to hear that, and I've used this many times, and it's so valuable. So, I hope you put it in your toolkit and use it. Now, let's go into the next part of this show, which is with our guest. And our guest is Ravit Rose who is a divorce coach, mentor, author, and speaker. She helps her clients restructure and redesign their lives after divorce. She earned her Bachelor of Commerce degree, specializing in marketing and entrepreneurship and small business. Management, small business management, along with human resources certificate. She continues to pursue her career path from the very day of her separation from her husband. She found the emotional impact of a divorce, a difficult divorce, was having such horrible effects on not only herself, but her children. And it was heartbreaking to live it. She found her divorce situation a common issue that affects parents around the world, not unique to her. Regardless of whatever their varied laws in their respective countries would were. With the help of hundreds of other divorced parents stories, Ravit proudly authored her book, Unwanted Nasty Divorces, <laughs> to encourage others that read her book. More importantly, she is igniting conversations about needless suffering families face because of inconsistencies in the family justice system and how these flaws are failing families far and wide. Welcome, Revit, to Second Wind. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, Joyce. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. This is a major, major, major issue that faces almost 50% of all marriages, and that is divorce. And how do we maneuver divorce? It gets even more painful when we have children. So so you had a nasty divorce, right? Yeah. <laughs> some are nasty, some of them are not. 
Um, you know what the funny thing is that when I told my husband at the time that I wanted to separate, I never ever imagined that it would be this bad. Ever. He yeah. was a really nice guy, and I just figured, you know what, we don't get along. You go your way, I go my way, and let's just, you know, have our separate lives. I never thought that it would turn out to be as nasty as it was. Wow. So how long had you been married when you decided to divorce? Seven years. Seven years, yeah. So what was the story? What was the, I always like to talk about the defining moment or the transition, because I think we as women, we try, we put up with, we, we, try to make it work. And then after time, there's this moment that hits us that it says it's not going to work. So do you mind sharing that with us? Sure. Absolutely. It was interesting because our marriage was rather okay, except for the last few years. And the, the straw that blew the camel's back was when he made a choice which was against my philosophies of family. Mm. And it, it basically proved to me that he would never put me and the children as a priority, which means that I saw a whole different side of him that never showed before because we were never really faced with that situation. Ah. One of the things that I find now, you know, 10 years later is that often enough, you know, when, when you look back at the breakup of a, of a relationship, if you look back at the history of it, when you're in your 20s and you meet uh, an individual, man, woman, you mm-hmm. are relatively the same place in your life. You know, you're just finishing up school. You know, you're, you're starting to think of your career. You want to get married. You want the white picking fence. You want the kids. You know, often enough, we're all moving in that direction towards our late 20s. Right. Our 30s, we're getting married, uh, we're having our children, and we're starting to build family. And then we get into our 40s, our family's rather raised, you know, they're a little bit older, and now we're starting to focus more on our career. And that's when we wake up and we say, well, hold on a second. You and I, husband and wife, are no longer on the same level playing field. Mm-hmm. I'm moving up ahead, I'm evolving, I'm changing, and I'm doing more with my life, and you're way behind me, and you're not even catching up to me. Mm-hmm. And I never even realized that that's exactly what was happening to me at the time when I actually asked for a divorce. We mm-hmm. were no longer on the same playing field. We were not even in line with one another anymore. So I was moving ahead and doing and wanting to like, conquer the world, and mm-hmm. he was somewhere else. And that's mm-hmm. why we ended up having that disconnect. Right. When you divorced, um, how old were your children? Two and five. Oh, they were still young. Yes. Yeah. Mine were a little older. I think we were 10 and 12. And so they were a little over. I mean, but there, there it really is something that is to be said for the pain that is uh, put on these children when they go through the divorce that is so needless. But I'm not sure we aren't naive in expecting it not to be there. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is that there are many people who feel that they can completely shelter their children. And in order to shelter them, they pick a particular age. They have to finish school, finish this, finish graduation. And, you know, they have a whole list of criteria. The bottom line is it really doesn't matter. From my experience, it really doesn't matter what age they're at or what the circumstances around the family at the time. Right. The thing that really matters is how are the two parents going to move forward? If they can coexist and leave the kids out of the drama, then it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if they're two, five, or 20. But right. if, you're, if you're the type of people or, or one of the two is the type of person that's going to make it ugly um, or difficult, mm -hmm. then the age matters. So the younger they are, the less they feel. But as they get older, they end up getting involved anyways. So right. the real key is to be able to coexist in a way where everybody goes in their own direction, everyone moves forward with their lives, completely distinct of one another, and there's no um, bickering. There's no, you know, no bickering that ends up affecting the children, so the children should never know. That's the only key ingredient you need to not affect your kids, that the kids should know nothing, ever. How can that happen in a divorce? One of the things that I've realized is that we, just as we don't know how to marry, we don't know how to divorce either. True. And so True. Yep, it's interesting, right? And here's an, yeah. another interesting point. We mm -hmm. focus so much of our time on our wedding day, down to like the nitty gritty details of the color of the socks and the bow tie and all that. But when it comes to divorce, 99.9% .9 of the people will not plan their divorce. Yes. And it sounds weird, but you absolutely have to plan out your divorce. You have to plan out all the details of what life will look like. It's not just about custody and the money. There is so much more to know. So your divorce is like, imagine a puzzle. And to see the picture of the puzzle, you have to take all the different pieces and combine them together. Now, each piece of the puzzle represents a different part of your life. So you have your career, you have your home, you have your health, you have your finances, you have the kids, and you have yourself as a woman, your individuality as a woman. And all those pieces have to fit together in order to see what your life is going to look like. People, especially women, don't do that. They don't plan things. They don't look at how life is going to look like. If you do plan it, then you could have a strategy, which in the States, I know you call it a parenting plan, which sort of starts the process of discussion of how are we going to stay amicable and how are we going to decide on the details now of the everyday raising of the children so that we don't have to discuss it while we're divorced. And so parents have to learn how to be a divorcee. You have to learn how to become a solo parent. And when you're comfortable in your own skin and you know what you want and where you want to go and you know what goals you're achieving and you know what you want to uh, strive for in life, you're not going to want to go to the other parent and harass them and bother them and, and open up Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's what's going to help uh, the children not say get involved in the sagas because there will be no sagas because everybody's comfortable in their own two feet and moving forward independent of one another. Well, if they had trouble communicating in the marriage, how can they move on? Where would that conversation take place before they go to the attorneys, after they go to the attorneys? 
Because I'm wondering just how that picture looks. So I always say that if you're going to litigate, you're going to open Pandora's box and you can, you don't know what's going to end up happening. So Mm -hmm. the first and foremost thing to do is not run to an attorney in order to start a mandate, uh, to mandate an attorney to start a fight or a war. That should be your last resort. Because if you go that route, you don't know when you're going to come out. And it's very hard to come out of that because then it's a game of winner or loser. So I won once, you lost. If you lost, you're going to come back and retaliate again. Then next time I'm going to lose, and then my ego is going to get shot, and then I'm going to come back and retaliate again. So you're always back and forth. So the lawyers are fantastic at giving you advice, telling you your rights, um, giving you direction and support, and telling you what you should do. But in order to divorce what I call the right way, before you even decide to divorce, when you're contemplating the decision to divorce, you need to plan out your future and see, A, is it realistic to get divorced? Is the issue really with my husband or is the issue with me? And you have uh-huh. to determine whether, yeah, and you have to determine whether the issue is that you're not comfortable with yourself or is it really I'm ready to move on? When you take care of yourself and you focus on your self-care and you take care of understanding yourself really well, then you're going to show up very differently in your divorce. So if your husband or spouse decides to come and attack you, you're going to be so grounded that you're not going to pay attention to the attacks because you're going to see that it's just an attack that has nowhere to go. So if your reaction is going to be very different to it. So you see how we have to change the way we're divorcing. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help parents change and replace an old and outdated mindset, which is let's run to the lawyer. Yes. It's something that's more fresh and balanced to help the person move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm. Different it is of a philosophy. If we think of how we divorce and all the stories of the people we know, very, very few people will take a look at themselves and start planning. And also, one of the biggest issues parents have, and women especially, is that they could be financially dependent on the husband. Yes. And that fear itself can destroy the whole divorce because they're so worried to be broke and broken and bankrupt and not have money to buy food that that fear, whether it's true or not true, destroys the relationship between the two. So I've seen parents who actually get along better divorced than they did married because their common focus was the children. So they didn't worry about the drama and the sagas. You didn't take out the garbage. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. All those stories are done. Now it's about the children, protect the children, protect the children. Let's focus on our future. Let's move forward. So everyone's got the same goal in mind. That's how you can start divorcing in a way that's more amicable, that's more uh, resilient towards the what I call the looping sagas, the tornadoes that just keep coming back and affecting you, you know, uh, week after week. Mm, Yeah. Um, What made your divorce so ugly? Um, It was a combination of a few things. First, um, my ex armed himself with a shark of a lawyer um, who destroys families. That's what she does. She's known and notorious for that. Right. So that was one thing. 
Secondly, which I never even realized when I was separating that this could be a possibility, is that his family was so angry that I decided to divorce him mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they started turning against me. So now he was supported by a system of people who want to fight. So even though that was not his character before, or that's not how we interacted with one another, he was now surrounded by ego, power, and money, the three poisons. Yes. And yeah. so it was a vengeful game of destruction. Mm -hmm. Let's see how much we can have her suffer. Mm -hmm. If I would have known in hindsight that that's how he would have been, I would have changed the way I explained things to him. I would have changed the way I told him that I wanted a divorce. I would have planned out so much more than, than I did because I honestly didn't think that anything can go bad. Mm. What happens is we don't know how to marry and we don't know how to divorce. I definitely did not know how to divorce. <laughs> without when, well, no, I call that the Cinderella story. You know, when we marry, I think I, we've listened to the the fairy tales, so many young girls grow up listening to that fairy tale. And um, then they they don't. They go into marriage thinking that as Cinderella, they'll never divorce. So the life just goes on, goes on. I mean, I never knew D Cinderella divorced. That was never in my cards. Yeah. And so, so you're not really saying that you did the – the proposal of what you have created in your work of how to divorce, have an amicable divorce. You did not really put this into your life, but you have found a solution for marriages going forward. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I did it the wrong way. I did it the same way as like 99.9% .9 of the worldwide population. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering in that arena with all of the emotion that goes on when you're in such struggle, just the two people that, and I, I listen, you, you sound like me, you got the, I had the struggle of the family and then I had of his family and then, um, also the struggle of just needing to get outside of this marriage which was killing me. And so it it's it's a very common picture for most of us that particularly for women that choose to leave the marriage. Now when he comes in and says it the other way, I think there's a different situation um that that presents itself. But I'm trying to see Ravit this this new method with two emotional, um, calm people, but their lives are in such turmoil, but they're sitting down because of the love of the children to create this, this new way of divorcing. It's not just the love of the children. It's also the concept of, I want to do something better with my life. Sort of take it like a really good version of a midlife crisis. You know, uh -huh. midlife uh -huh. crisis is known as like destruction, you know, at the moment. But the whole idea is that you want to be free and you want to rebuild, restructure your life. Right. If both parents have a focus on, you know what, the marriage didn't work um, 
And now we want to focus on our future. You know, I want to go my way. I want to accomplish these things with my life. I want a career now. I want to start a new hobby. I want to do this and do that. Then the tension between the two of you, because you're both future forward looking, is going to minimize. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the emotions, there are either heavy emotions or there are no emotions because it depends on the couple. Yeah. I had no emotions attached to getting divorced because I had already planned in my mind that if things weren't going to get better, I was going to ask for a divorce. So I had time to grieve. I had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. So when I help my clients, I say to them, you don't do anything and you don't make any moves if you're overly emotional. So yeah. if you're having a hard time expressing it to me, if you're crying, if you're unable to see your future clearly or have a really good vision of what's coming ahead and feel like you are um, you know, able to move forward, you don't say anything yet. We wait, Mm -hmm. we plan, we see what your future is going to look like. And then your discussion with the other parent is going to be softer. And Uh, her approach is going to not trigger him mm -hmm. because he's not going to think like, oh, I'm a disaster and it's because of me and she's cheating on me and start to fabricate things in his mind anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now because he's not triggered, the conversation changes. Right. Yes. And how have you seen this work with couples? I don't work with couples. I work with one of the two parents. Oh, okay. I work with the parent who wants to divorce. So how to plan, how to talk to the other parent, what to say, what not to say, what's life going to look like. Let's be realistic. Let's remove the emotions from the equation and only think logical. And so I teach them how to remove the emotions and that there's a different time and a different space and a different way to to take care of the emotions, the grief, the loss and everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I I tend to think the woman is a little more vulnerable. Um, And so when we come back, I'd like to from commercial, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that vulnerability that and I'm thinking of a woman being more vulnerable than a man, uh, but it could certainly be switched. Uh, but how do you deal with that in helping her if she's been a mother that's worked always at home, not outside the home? How do you address that and give her the confidence that she can go through and create some sort of future for herself so when we come back i really do want us to talk about that because that's a big issue for so many women and i know i would say do you primarily work with the woman or or with the man it's equal equal yeah really yes that's awesome i know yeah i reaching out is unbelievable I am so curious to hear your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when we come back, we are going to talk with Ravit more about just how you do make this transition more peaceful. I can see the benefit. I did not experience it. My 
my uh, experience was much different than peaceful going through divorce, but very similar to brutality. (laughs) So anyway, we are going to take a short break and we will be back to speak more with Ravit Rose. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking with Revit Rose, and she is talking to us about Divorce the Right Way, her program that she is instituting created and she is helping individuals that have decided to go through divorce to transition through that uh, could be painful situation but with a plan so it's not as painful so repeat share with us again how I'm going to kind of set it up that a, a person and you say you help both men and women but let's say that there is a woman she's not worked outside of the home in many years and so how does she begin to take the steps to move through she knows the divorce the marriage is over and that a divorce needs to happen so help me my listener understand this process Perfect. With pleasure. So let's imagine that Jane wants to get divorced and she's contemplating the decision. Should I stay married or should I get divorced? And if I choose to get divorced, what do I do? So she um, is uh, very dependent on her husband right now. Uh, Financially speaking, she doesn't have her own job. So everything relies on her husband and his income. Mm -hmm. So for this example, the first thing that I would say is to Jane, do not run to an attorney. Don't worry about your rights right now, unless you want to ask just for consultation, just ask questions. Mm -hmm. Don't run. you, You can ask questions, but don't run to mandate to start preparing for litigation. You don't need to go to court yet because you haven't thought anything through through yet. Yeah. 
The first thing that I would do with Jane is that we would look at her at her life and we would say, okay, Jane, if you were to get divorced, what would it look like in terms of work? What's your educational background? What is it that you would love to do? If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? And so we would start exploring her work and we would start exploring whether she should have a job nine to five or a half day job. Or maybe she should be an independent worker and work at like sort of like a an MLM or multi-level marketing kind of job to give mm-hmm. her the flexibility to be with her kids. Or maybe she could go straight to a career. So yeah. we would look at that. Then we would look at how will having that job affect her uh, finances? So what kind of budget would she need in order to survive, right? Yeah. So we yes. would say, okay, so let's say you were to um, leave the house, presuming there's a house, okay, and you were to buy your own little condo or another house or you were to rent. What would the cost of living be? What would, and we would look at what would, does it cost you today versus what is it going to cost you if you were on your own? So then we work backwards and we say, okay, so now we know that you need X amount of dollars incoming every single month in order to survive. Okay, it's doable. If you get a job at forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, that's doable. You can do it. So already there, the anxiety level has dropped significantly. Yes. Yeah, Let's I can see. Let's talk about child support. And Joyce, I don't know if you experienced this, but I've become a master at understanding this. Child <laughs> support is a funny uh, number, and I'll tell you yeah. what. You guys in the States have debtor's prison, which means that if the father or the person who's supposed to pay uh, doesn't pay, he could potentially end up in jail. In Canada, we don't have that, okay? Mm-hmm. So you could just accumulate debt and you know there's not much that, that can be done. So what I say is every woman must categorically plan to become completely and utterly financially independent of the father or the spouse, or the ex, when she divorces. So any money that she's planning to get from him should be bonus, should be extra. You should not leave a marriage thinking, he's going to pay me $2,000 a month, and with that $2,000, I could live and breathe. That is the wrong approach. And I'll tell you why. Child support comes and goes. So one day he has a great job and he's earning six figures and you're getting $2,000 a month. Next month he gets really upset that he's paying you so much money and he quits his job and now he's earning zero. So now your child support goes down to zero. Mm -hmm. So you see how things fluctuate? So people have understood how to play this game. And I'm not saying that everyone's going to do it, but it's a reality. It's done that way. Therefore, any child support should not be your your means to have bread and butter on the table. So we talk about things like that. We talk about reality. We talk about um, also how to become independent. What is it that Jane would need to become independent with him? As an individual, what does she want to do with her life? What does she want to do as a woman, um, as a sister, as a mother? What kind of activities does she want to do? And we start to create this picture. 
Mm-hmm. So you see how now the pieces of the puzzle start to come together. So she knows what kind of money she's earning every month or every year. She knows what kind of job she's going to have. So she's going to feel fulfilled. So she knows also what um, she, what she wants to do with her life. Then we're going to talk about her personal life. And then we're going to combine it at the end with the kind of custody that matches her lifestyle. I see. So we do it traditionally which is the old mindset is the first thing that we do is I want full custody. You know, people jump to the custody, not even realizing, well, how does that impact your life? If you have custody and the father doesn't have a lot of time, it's going to significantly impact the quality of your life. I know the dollars will be higher, but what about if you want to start dating again? Are you going to have the means to babysit, to get a babysitter? Are you going to have the time or the courage or the desire to go out with your friends? You know, what kind of lifestyle are you building yourself? So often enough, there's a lot of drama that comes in the future because people didn't plan out their divorce from the beginning because they just sort of like took their divorce as like going to like a fast food restaurant. I'll take one hamburger and one fries and one Coke and there's my meal. Mm-hmm. It's not a pick and choose kind of thing. And when you do pick and choose, you end up being in a situation where um, you are more vulnerable later than you were when you divorced. Yeah, I can see the importance of the certainty that a woman would have or the, the client would have um, of just having thought through without depending upon the results of the of the trial or whatever arborship or whatever, you, whatever you might have to go through to go through your divorce. Um, I ended up in court. Um, so it took a little bit more out of one. Uh, did you go to court? Do you go to court in Canada? <laughs> the question should be, how many times did I go to court? Oh, how many <laughs> times? <laughs> I think we were at uh, 12, one a year. At least. Oh my gosh. How yeah. long did it take you to complete your divorce? 12 years? Oh, it wasn't even just the divorce part. So to get a divorce to me is not just the agreement that you sign. We signed the agreement within a year, year and a half. Uh, uh, so it wasn't the biggest problem. It was the aftermath. I see. After you get divorced and after you sign your, your divorce papers, that is not the end at all. That's like the beginning of your new lives. So sure. if the two of you are not stable and you're sort of like, imagine you're at a boxing rink and the two of you are like staring at each other and you're like debating, should I fight him? Should I do something? Should I make a move? Should I not? Should I duck? What should I do? If you start to fight, you're going to end up where I was. And I spent over $80,000 in legal fees to do nothing, nothing. We went around in circles and circles and circles and there was nothing I could do to stop it. I had to wait, let time uh, die down and I had to let him relax also. Uh And I had to understand the game and I yeah. did get the game until about six years in until I started doing my research for my book. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. And if you don't know how to play the game, you end up in court in and out, in and out, in and out. You see, the justice system is not about your reality. It's not about what you think is right as a parent. It's about what the judge thinks is right. Yes. When you decide to go to court, you know, you and if you have to, by all means, you go. But if you don't have to, um, there are many other ways to deal with with uh, 
you know, issues or mis disagreements or whatever it is you're working on. But if you go in front of a judge, you have to expect that a completely, uh, a, a complete stranger is going mm -hmm. to decide your future. Yeah. And not necessarily going to look the way you think it should look. Yeah. And, and so for many years, I thought that I knew what was right and wrong and what was the reality of what should happen. Little did I know it doesn't happen that way. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because there are certain things that pop up even after the divorce, particularly in handling the children. Um, handling them, how to supervise them, how to share them, how to, there's nothing right about the divorce process. You are so right about that. Uh, there's lots of decisions that happen on the other side of divorce that um, constantly keep the family in turmoil. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I do um, you know, and I have either like an online portion, um, online course for this, or it's something that I do one-on-one -on -one with my coaching is that I help parents to, well, the parents, whoever reaches out to me to start planning the future of the children. And we start detailing every single thing that we could possibly imagine right now as to, for example, Who's going to pick up when and how? How are the activities going to happen? Uh, who's going to pay how much? Um, in terms of statutory holidays or vacation times or anything else, days off school, who's going to do what, when, and how? Therefore, when things are calmer, usually at the beginning, and you start to outline the details of your, your life, you have yeah. less reason to start talking to the father on a regular and consistent basis the last thing you want is to start asking him okay so for this year what do you want to do for summer vacation do you want this date or that date? you want to do this or do that you don't want to have to have those conversations when you're divorced because yeah. don't forget if he starts to have a new relationship right or he starts to uh, date or he remarried Everything is going to change, and it may not necessarily meet your requirements anymore. Therefore, when you're both single and fresh, the best mm -hmm. thing to do is to start outlining all the details. And yeah. we, a lot of us don't know what details to include because we can't possibly foresee the future in 10, 15 years ahead. But that's what I help the parents do so that they don't have to bicker about this. They'll bicker about other things, but at least not about this. Yeah. So tell me this, how, how does your book address these? Uh, people can go, where can they go to get your book? Tell us about your book as a tool. Is that a place where they could start being exposed to you or directly have a consultation with you? So the book is a great starter, um, and it talks that the book is titled Unwanted Nasty Divorces, and it's offered on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's a great start if you want to understand what the litigation world is going to take you. So yes. Roku started off as a conversation piece for me to start to ignite and spark a conversation as to we're doing this all wrong. We're all divorcing the wrong way. We all have common patterns. We're all falling into the same situation. So mm -hmm. that's a starting point. 
<laughs> the one-on-one -on -one coaching um, is to dive deeper into somebody's situation. So if you're not sure what you should do, you need guidance, support, direction. Um, you want to know what, you know, the ins and the outs of your decisions, the pluses and the minuses. That's where I come in as a divorce coach and a mentor. Mm -hmm. And then in about a month and a half, I'm launching a social network specifically designed for divorce parents. Um, and that social network is going to allow all parents to be completely anonymous and therefore build a community and relationships with people and other parents around the world who are having the same problems or mm -hmm. the same issues. And they can take online courses and online events and it's going to be really hands-on. And everything I ever wished I ever had and everything I wished my clients ever had all these years, they're going to have on this new platform. That sounds awesome. Yeah, an easy, easy way. So you have your own app for your yes. site, my own app that they could download. They can remain anonymous. They can chat. They can have even fake. They can sign in as Donald Duck. It doesn't matter. And they can chat with other men and women from around the world, ask questions, get support. You know, and no one will ever know who they are. So you don't have to worry that your mother's brother's sister's husband's wife saw you on Facebook on a group and saw you chatting and, you know, has, you know, suddenly there's the red flags that they know you want to get divorced. Right. So in my platform, you can do everything quietly and on your own and no one will know. Well, how did you have that idea? That's so outside the box thinking. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Fuck thinker. <laughs> I love it, Ravit. Now, I'm very curious, uh, and I, it could be just because of my history coming from, I was the wife in the family that did not have the outside career actually making money. I was a volunteer but um, for my community. But how does, does that same situation, why would a man come to you for divorce? He has different issues. Very different. First of all, um, you know, I have clients and ladies don't get all nervous and worried when I tell you this. Um, I have clients uh, who are cheating on their wives and they're debating what they should do. So uh, what we're doing is we're evaluating whether they're cheating because they have issues um, or whether it's related to the marriage. I mean, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not here to fix them or fix anything like that, but we're here to start to just analyze and look at the future. Mm -hmm. uh, some men just, um, you know, for many different reasons, some are, you know, overwhelmed and just can't do it anymore and feel like they can't be a good father. Uh, they feel a lot of pressure to, to be equal to, to the mother. So a lot of it is teaching them how to be a solo dad. You know, or he's very concerned of, you know, am I going to make it? And ladies, this is the most important thing. If your husband or the father of your children um, does not feel that he is capable of being a good solo dad, you're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of problems by default because he will never tell you that his reasons for not taking the kids or not doing things with the kids or not taking on responsibilities because he doesn't know how. Mm. He's just going to say no. Yeah. I work with them to, to encourage them and to give them whatever it is that they need to become that solid dad that will be as present as he wants to be. So, so does the, let me ask you this, does the woman come to you knowing she wants the divorce and then later you get the, the 
the man of the partnership or the partner yeah. uh, come to you for the same preparation type of transition? Uh, Does no. that ever happen? No. No, because okay. normally the people I work with don't necessarily tell their partner that they're uh, working with me. Yeah, yeah. So okay. we have there's a it's a huge world out there. So never has it happened so far that anyone has said, Oh, my ex wife came to you, can you help me now? Because they don't even know that I was helping them. Yeah, well I was just thinking of of course, you know, we all go into divorce kind of like the attorney first and you're proposing a healthier way for making transition here, so uh, I was thinking about, meh, okay, what, what <laughs> never that, mind. Oh, that's okay, but actually the one thing that they could do is mm -hmm. that when someone is, is working with me as, uh, as a client and, and I'm coaching them, um, I have three analyses, very detailed analyses that I work with them. So one is the finances, one is like sort of planning the future with the kids and all the details of the kids, and one is planning out your divorce. And those three analyses, they get um, emailed to them. So often enough, if they, ha they can have that conversation with a father, I suggest them at, at some point say, you know what, remove all your answers and give him the analysis. Therefore, you're not triggering him. You're not scaring him. You're not allowing his anxiety and his own fears that haven't even happened Mm -hmm. um, to destroy all the good work that you've done. So I teach them how to present the idea to the father um, as to start to complete the exercise on their own. And mm -hmm. then they can collaborate and share information and see where there's a discrepancy. And often enough, when it's done in a very tame environment like that, and everybody has the opportunity and the time to work on it on their own, you see that there's a lot more collaborative uh, yeah. a lot more yeah. because it's not like I'm dictating to you what I want. No, we're coming from approaches. You do what you think is right. Complete it. I'll do what I think is right. And let's have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And then the I dynamic changes. Yes. Yeah. So what would, what is it that you're really hoping the end results will be for this new approach? that my wish and my dream and my purposeful passion is to replace the very old and outdated mindset with a fresh balanced system where parents evolve, transform, where they grow, where they move forward with their lives, where they focus on themselves, where they pay attention to all the details from the second that they're even contemplating divorce so that we can downtrend the nasty divorce epidemic around the world. Yeah, awesome. Now I know there's some people out there that have you that are triggered by by this. They're running. You've given them some serious things to think about here. That there is a choice. We've always thought it was the other way. We had to get ready for the battle, and so how can they find you? And I know you're kind of offering some things on your site to help them further get to know you. So would you share that information with my listener? Absolutely. So I have an online course titled the five critical steps to divorcing the right way. It's mm -hmm. a series of six videos that explains the five critical key ingredients you need to have from even before you decide to get divorced, so when you're in contemplation mode. Yeah. Even if you're divorced, you should know this because 
the whole relationship between you and your your husband or your the father is going to completely change and i'm giving you tips and tools and strategies that will save you in many different ways so i'm offering that for free and in addition i'm offering a free consultation to anybody who is looking to who's contemplating divorce or needs some help or some guidance and the best way to reach me for either one of those is to go on my website ravitrose.com so it's R-A-V-I-T-R-O-S-E dot com and to contact me. And in the contact form, just write a little message like, oh, I heard you on Joyce's uh, show. Can you please send me the five critical steps or, um, you know, I'd like to book a consultation. And then yeah. from there, I will reach out to you and we'll take it from, from that step. Awesome. And also, if they want to be invited to the um, to the platform, so the social networking platform that I mentioned for divorced parents, uh, uh, definitely contact me so I can put you on the email list and let you know when it launches so that you can come in and take a look at it. Yeah. What's the expected date? Is it next month or? August 1st. Um, August 1st. Very yes. good. Well, that's just right around the corner here. <laughs> you must be very busy these days <laughs> I am very busy but I'm delighted to be this busy because I wish I had this when I was getting divorced if I had a coach who would tell me everything I know now I would oh. never spend $80,000 I would have never let this drag on for 10 years my reactions and my responses would have been so different that instead of like fueling the fire I would have calmed things down from the beginning because I would have had a very different approach and I would have understood what was really going on in front of me yeah when you go Go yeah when you go through a divorce like you and I have both experienced there is such trauma and such pain around that that it's not just the upheaval of your entire life nor the death of a marriage it is the actual abuse that you go through that is part of the trauma of getting over the divorce yes. you experience that but I see it a little bit differently now. Now I see that divorce is your golden opportunity to redesign and recreate your new life. So yeah. if you start looking at it from a positive perspective, say, hey, you know what? All the drama and all that is behind me now moving forward. You'll see that you're going to show up differently. And when you show up differently, the result of your divorce is going to be completely uh -huh. different. So the success of your divorce will always start off and end off with you and how you do things. Awesome. I love that. I have so enjoyed having you on this show today. And the thing of it is, is that you're offering us possibilities to go through a, a traumatic experience, one we all never thought we'd experience, and yet we have, but in a, with a positive outcome. And I really think that is a great gift to give to the couples out there in this world. Thank so, you. Ravit, I really appreciate your creativity and your positive approach on this subject. Thank you. Thank you kindly for having me on your show. I'm oh, honored. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And so I look forward to hearing about the success of your program as it moves forward. Absolutely. <laughs> as we close today, I want to address, um, because my listeners are all over the world, I want to address a very important issue.
And that is about all of the sadness that is we're experiencing in the United States, about Black Lives Matter, um, about the horrible events that are happening on our streets. It is so sad to see the violence that is on the streets in America, in our cities, in our, in our just every, everywhere. It's so sad to see that happen. Now, I lived through a time once before when I thought that <laughs> um, unequal um, treatment of black people and of other nationalities didn't happen. I, I was so ignorant in thinking I lived in a better world than what I'd seen in my earlier years as a teenager. And I was surprised, I guess, um, to actually see the violence <clears throat> and see the anger that appeared on our streets. So just as you and other parts of the world were able to see this on your TVs, we also here in the different parts were shocked at what we saw on the streets. I am so sad, but all ma all life matters, whether it's black, um, Mexican, any nationalities, whether it's gay, whatever that person is, all life matters. I do hope that you'll pray to help America heal as we go forward. I know many of us are doing our jobs praying now. So we thank you for listening to Second Wind and keep us in your thoughts and prayers as the week goes forward. Thank you for being here.